G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. He's back, the triumphant return of JLo is upon us. I've been waiting for the big man to get back from Brisbane and he and I sit down once again, as long-time listeners will know, with plenty of basketball talk, a little bit of uh, intriguing stuff that we t- t- discussed, did a bit of a true and false talk through some of the main headlines throughout the NBA. We've got a lot of the season left to unfold, but there's a couple of things that we are both interested in. Long-time listeners will know that Big JLo loves to uh, throw around a couple of hot takes and obscure lines, and there's definitely a lot of that. There's also a little bit of a lack of audio from his part at some times. The big man left his uh, microphone at another abode, so apologies in advance for that, but you get all the bits that matter. He and I, like I said, talk through the NBA, talk through our fantasy lineups as well. A lot happening from an NFL and NBA landscape in the fantasy realms. And the Mount Rushmore, the topic was one of our best. It was a very tricky one to draft. We looked at some of the best AFL goals of all time. And this is going to go down to the wire. I reckon this is going to be another tight vote. So make sure you listen all the way through to get uh, some fantastic audio at the end as we talk about the best footy goals ever. I've made you wait long enough. Here we go. Let's get into my chat with JLo. It has been a few weeks since I've been able to say this phrase, and I know the Sportsby fans are dying to know. How the bloody hell are you, JLo? <laughs> yeah, I've been there, uh, it's a two, uh, two-week holiday in beautiful Queensland, which I was just thinking about this. I've always thought, oh, man, you know, fucking, why does why Josh Dunkley want to go there? Or, you know, why does X, Y, and Z want to go to shithole Brisbane? Brisbane is pink. Like, yeah. It was so lovely. I was like, oh, actually, fucking what? Where would you, where in the world would you want to be, mate? So, yeah, feeling good. Got some hot cake. Been watching a lot of basketball. Um, yeah, so ready to talk it. We did not uh, leave your microphone in Brisbane, uh, just to let the Sportsby fans know. There will be uh, quality audio coming at you in the not-too-distant future, but we're just glad to have you back amongst the fans, mate. Like I said, a lot of the Sportsby faithful will be dying to hear your hot takes. You're not uh, not shy from just throwing barbs left, right, and centre. So um, before we go heavy into basketball because there's not much footy shit to talk about. I did an article talking about like team needs and who your uh, your AFL club could target. I reckon we'll do that next week or closer to the draft. But how's the yeah. uh, fantasy landscape looking? Because it's been a couple of weeks since we Ooh, checked in. Uh, NBA is obviously think... up and running now. Yeah, yeah. Let me look. Uh haven't really been paying much attention. I think I've gone on a three-game losing streak. Yep, three-game <laughs> losing streak in the NFL. Um... Fantastic. No, I think I'll put a fair bit of that down to buys. Mm. So that's good. And in uh, B-ball, God, I have no bloody idea how I'm going, actually. Uh, uh, not great, not great. Uh, I've, uh, Joel Embiid has been hurt me a fair bit. Jimmy Butler, um, Paul George, should have thought about it. Actually, he's playing pretty well now, but he's, he missed a few early, so... Zach Levine, yeah, yeah, no wonder I'm doing shit. So, mixed basket, yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I reckon from here on out, I'm good. I, I feel really good about my roster. I don't know about you, but I do. There is like one or two guys I'm like looking to replace, but 
Yeah, there's there's not tons in a 12-team NBA league, fantasy-wise, that's left on the waiver wire. I think 12-team's almost perfect, though, because, you know, you've got maybe those one or two little roster spots that you flick a couple of blokes in and out, depending on uh, what you're chasing in a matchup. But it does mm. kind of level the playing field, for lack of a better term. You know, there's, I think, the best bloke probably on the waivers is someone like Malik Beasley, a couple of those type of characters. Mm. Um, yeah. And, like, in the NFL... Like there's two teams that are six and three, uh, one character who's three and six, uh, but the rest of the team is like a win separate. So like rolling into the weekend that just was, everyone was pretty much a game separated from each other. So it's nice and tight. Mm. Playoff spots are still up for grabs. I uh, made a sneaky, sneaky stash and put Deshaun Watson on my bench. I'm hoping that mm. after his... Mm suspension he rolls in and just clicks straight away with that Cleveland offense because I've been relying on uh Kirk Cousins who's been fine but yeah quarterback still continues to be my Achilles heel uh NBA yeah, yeah. same deal actually actually like how my team's looking not unhappy but same there's like two dudes or two roster spots that I just can't seem to nail and there's mm. no one really that's screaming at me off the waiver wire I'll you know because we do categories, depending on what I need in a matchup, it does help me, you know, chase a couple threes or rebounds or blocks or something like that. And I don't don't hate it, but yeah, there's still work to be done at uh, JR Sativa. I've got the edge over Kiz right now, though, so hopefully I can hold on for another mm. win. wonder how but, I'm going. I have no idea. Matchup? Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, it's possible. <clears throat> I'm getting right in the mix. In. I have... Uh, yeah, we'll get there. I have quite passionately been trying to trade for one of the Cavs quartet, like Darius, Jared Allen, mm. Donnie Mitchell, absolutely. But Kyle's like, mate, it's it's not happening. Like, I'm not trading Donovan Mitchell. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's playing that well. He's playing well. Yep, sorry. He's playing fantastic. Called Donnie Mitchell. Um, Garland? You really you want Garland at the moment? I just need It'll some assists. Tracking. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. He had a stinker today as well. Like, I think he had, mm. I don't know, half a dozen or more assists, but he only scored like six points. So I'm like, Ugh. but I. Yeah, he shot one and nine. Yeah, weird. A lot of mouths to feed in that Cavs offense. Um, let's talk Cavs and Nuggets because they are the two uh, favorite teams in the podcast. Who would have thought at the first time of recording after the NBA season's commenced? They have the same record right now. Cleveland and mm. Denver both sitting eight and three. And I'm fucking jacked to see the Cavs actually like not just doing it flukily, even though I don't think that's a word. doesn't look like it's an accident mm. that they're having early success. They're getting handy contributions from other dudes like Dean Wade. Kevin Love's playing like good sixth man role. Karis LeVert's playing good to start the year. And we miss Garland for half these games. So I'm I'm confident. I'm I'm happy that the Cavs are balling. Didn't think they'd be balling like this. Have you watched much uh, Cleveland basketball to date? I have watched quite a bit. Of, oh, you know, couple of maybe four games. Call it four yeah. games. Uh, I like what they're doing. I like what they're the options that they have um, and the way their offense is moving. I I am buying it fully in just because of what Donnie Mitchell does. It sort of has given them a new uh, a new weapon and because of that a lot of the offensive reads and sort of offensive sets that they're able to run um, are really good and 
also it's Evan Mobley his like versatility and his like ability to slap um, is pretty important. So those two plus you know good good defense, good on the defensive end um, with the two twin towers and do you reckon they need to shore up their perimeter defense a little bit? If that would be their their weakness in my eyes, have having not what heaps of them. Mm. Um, yeah, what where are you on that one? I think that. Cavs probably, I mean, I don't know what the front office was thinking, but I was I was hopeful that Isaac Okoro could just have a little bit of growth offensively so that he can be that 3 and D dude. But when they were going mm. up against a team like Boston who have Tatum and Jalen Brown, I think both mm. of the times we played him and it went to overtime, one of them kind of cooked us for 30 points. But a lot of the time it was like Evan Mobley was defending him. And I'm doing a solid job too. Yeah highlights his versatility yeah. like you were talking about. But yeah, I feel like Dean Wade's been actually surprisingly good defensively and offensively to start the year. But I'm like, mm. I really want him in a closing lineup, call it in like game three of a Eastern Conference semifinals. Probably not. He's probably like your eighth man or your ninth man, someone that you can mm. throw off the bench and give you a bit. Karis LeVert similarly has been good offensively, but like not great defensively that's never really been his calling mm. card so i think that's probably the the one glaring weakness if they did have one but they, like i said they just keep throwing mobley at dudes he was defending darren fox for a big chunk of the second half today and doing fucking good as well like he's it's elite yeah. he's so good to watch i love having him on my team but i'm like what if you know you go up against let's call it the bucks because they are the cream of the east at the moment You've got Middleton on the wings, and then you've got Giannis down low, and then you've even got someone like Drew Holiday. I'm like, well, you can't really use Evan Mobley like ping-ponging around between those guys. You need a couple of other dudes to step up. So, yeah, I don't even know who the the 3 and D guy that they could trade for is. Like, Jay Crowder was a name that was floating around in the off-season, and I'm like, nah, I feel like he's a bit past it. It doesn't really fit our timeline. So they've got some chips that they could potentially move. And a couple of extra picks still. Like we gave up most of them to get Donovan Mitchell, but they still got a few in their back pocket. So I'm I feel like it's very similar actually to Fremantle's season last year. Like we kind of burst out of the gate. The Dockers did kind of burst out of the gates. You know, we're in the top four, call it a quarter of the way through the season, and everyone's like, Oh, like we didn't see Freo being this good. And I don't think mm. a lot of people like there were some people that believed in Cleveland taking a huge leap with Donovan Mitchell. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I feel like we're playing with a bit of house money. Like we've got to have a couple of playoff lumps first and get a bit more experience into those young dudes. Like Mobley's only in his second year. He's like what, 19 or 20. Jared Allen's not super old either. So I don't mind if they take a little while to kind of tinker and find that defensive wing guy. Um, and in the worst yeah. case scenario, you know, we just try and outscore a team. At the moment, the Cavs are the only team... Uh, in the top three, offensively and defensively, which surprised me. I really defensively that that surprised me. But mm. you know, Evan Mobley gives you a lot. I, I would have thought with Donnie Mitchell, who is like a legit like can witches hat on defense. But maybe he must be working hard. He, he yeah. did look like he was putting in a bit more effort than I am used to seeing from him. So yeah, he has looked locked in and engaged. Like he's not going to be someone that shuts down like a Jar Morant type, like an elite offensive mm. point guard. But 
Yeah, he was a couple of same deal, a couple of times against Boston where he was defending Tatum and like going all right. So, yeah, I'm optimistic, yeah. which uh, as a Cavs fan is a spot that I'm not used to being in. So, uh, yeah, the Nuggies, the eight and three Nuggies started. Did they start zero and three? That's not right, is it? No, we lost the first game. I think we started two and one. Uh, lost yeah, okay. the first game to Utah, though, and then lost to. I can't remember the other two losses. Portland and someone else. Probably Utah. The, again, beat the Golden beaters. State game. No, nah, we did beat them the second time around quite convincingly. So, yeah, mate, I'm feeling very good. I would watch them today in Indiana, mm. and I'll just pause the Nuggets talk to say, fuck, I like them. I really love them. Like, yeah. They are such a cool, like, they're one of the coolest teams, like, passing the balls. Halliburton is an unbelievable The sort of shit I'm like, was not really expecting. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, he must, like, just get his assist by, like, absolute sheer ball dominance. You know what I mean? Yeah, volume. But, man, he's, he is such a cool player. They, he was talking mad shit. They were actually a bit crazy, like, early uh, Phoenix Suns, but I've, I'm giving them the uh, benefit of the doubt. They were just awesome. And Matherin was just atomic in the first half, like 23 points in the first half. I was like, fucking Jesus, it's not 50 yet. Yeah. But then I don't think he scored again. But anyway, they're, they're pretty cool. But the Nuggies, um, we are rolling a little bit. We are rolling, I feel, like so confident. Particularly after today's game, that we could, if this team stays fit, go all the way. Like, Jokic barely played because he was in foul trouble. Mm. But yeah, I saw we that. still had, like, Aaron, yeah, Aaron Gordon dominated. MPJ, MPJ was pretty good. Murray's back, back and he's playing like he's back. Bones, you know, would drop three or four three-pointers. And the craziest stat is that Michael Porter Jr. is shooting 50% from three-point line. Only the third. He's only the third best, like, highest-rated three-point shooter on the team. Really? KCP who are the other two? Shooting, KCP shooting, like, 52. And who was the other one? It might have been Bones. I can't quite remember who the third one was. But, you know, like, three blokes shooting 50% from three. And, like, they're probably... Well, I think we're leading the league in field goals and field goal percentage and three-point percentage. And we're just dominating. KCP on Bruce Brown just locking people up. I feel like we've got three elite defenders and obviously we know what we can do on offense. So it is all coming together for Nuggets. I was literally looking before this. I was like, when can we go and watch the Nuggets? Like, when is the Nuggets have fun in Denver? Because obviously mm. we don't want to go to Cleveland. It's a bit early in the year, but I, I did just <laughs> like, we don't, I don't know if we want to miss this one. You know, it's a pretty special time. So I feel good about Nuggets. That's my piece. That would be a pretty cool matchup, being able to go and watch the Nugs and the Cavs in Denver too. Like, you're right, I've mm. been to basketball in Cleveland. Love the Cavaliers. Don't love yeah. Cleveland though. So, yeah, no. No, I don't think anyone does. Yeah. No, uh, no strays meant to hit Cleveland this early in the podcast, uh, but... Yeah, it's not exactly a spot that if you're a basketball fan, you're like, oh, I have to go and watch that. You want to watch the Cavs play, sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll be able to 
to make it work. Worst case scenario, we might just have to, uh, let me go to the States, ping pong around a little bit and just watch both teams on the road. But yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I can't remember if it was a bold call or something we talked about in the preseason, but I think the Nuggets have the roster and the depth and the talent to win the West. So like finish with the number one seed. I mean, you got to yeah. pick yeah. some pretty uh, dominant teams like the Utah Jazz who have the best record in the West right now. But yeah, I think Denver is going to be right there at the end of the season, if not in the finals representing the West. I think a West finals appearance is on the cards. Um, I haven't been able to watch tons of the Nuggies. I've kind of, okay. I've started doing a lot of the league pass condensed games and just watching either oh, yeah. the possessions or just the 10 minute little clip of the game. So I've, I've chewed through a bit of Nugs basketball, but do you reckon Jamal is starting to look like himself. I mean, it was obvious that he was going to take a bit of time coming back from that ACL tear, but do you reckon he's like 80% of the way there? Is he like closer to 90, 95? What do you reckon? I reckon he's, I would say he's back. Okay. To be honest. Um, if you, if I think it was the Oklahoma City game. Yeah, that reverse dunk. Uh, he took over. That was wicked. And he, he does. He actually looked like Better at stop start than he was. It looks like he's added a lot as he's come as because he was injured. He's added a lot of those like crafty moves around the bucket, like a lot more, two more up and unders and fakes and yeah, his yeah. post games come along a lot. His shot, his three's probably not there yet, but I mean that comes at any point. So I'd say he's back. Um, That'll take some time, yeah. right? Like we're what we're only ten games into the season. Call it ten. I think he's sat for a yeah. game or two. Um, and you you don't need yeah. him to shoulder like a huge load offensively right away. As long as he's firing and he can be that mm. number two bloke when the playoffs hit, I guess that's all that really matters. Yeah, bloody yeah. All right, sticking with uh, basketball, going to play a little uh, true and false game because you know we could bounce around all and right. just kind of look at the standings and talk about all thirty teams and where they sit. But over the course of the year, I'm sure every team will get their shine and we'll. You know, we might do a, a miscast podcast where we talk about all the ones who haven't got any exposure yet. But let's go straight into the true or false looking at the aforementioned Denver Nuggets. So do you reckon it's true or false? Nikola Jokic will average a triple-double over the course of the season. At the moment, 21.2 points, 9.9 rebounds, and 9 assists. So he's right on the precipice. Uh, I think mm. not too long ago he had that rebound number cranked up a little bit more as well. But yeah, you know, he doesn't. He's. I don't think he's going to win his third MVP. But something like that, you know, if he does go a triple double across the season and the Nugs have the one seed, that'd be pretty pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he can do it. Uh, whether or not I really think it will happen. Mm. I'm not sure, um, but he could absolutely do it. You know, he's definitely showing that he could do it. He's he's like leading triple doubles, leading the double doubles. Weirdly, a few of those are not with the rebounds. His rebounding has been off this year, and I don't know if that's Aaron Gordon and MPJ being there, and like Murray chews up a few rebounds. I don't know what it is. He's definitely, or maybe it's our defense. He's being a bit weird or something, but um, maybe. Yeah, you're still backing to get the 10 rebounds. I Honestly, yeah, I reckon as the offense continues to roll, 
no, him and Murray get their two-man game going again, which is looking pretty good already. They get them a lot of those sort of open rolls to the bucket that will then be kicked out to literally MPJ or KTP, 250% three-point shooters. Like, yeah, yeah. It's pretty big. So I reckon, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm going to say it's happening. I'm saying it's happening, man. I want to see it happen. And he obviously has the talent to do it. Like you said, he uh, has the most triple doubles in the league at the moment and the most double doubles. I think the other night when he had a triple double, he also had 10 turnovers for the uh, infamous unwanted quad double via TOs. But the one thing in the back of my mind is like when Russ did it for those couple of years, he like actively went out there stat padding. And Jokic, you know, if he played... What's he playing? He's playing 31 minutes a game at the moment. If that was like at 35, yeah. 36, which it might be as the season progresses, but I think the Nuggets have their eyes clearly set on succeeding when May and June rolls around. So he's got the talent to do it. Will it happen? That's another story. But I feel like he's the biggest potential threat, maybe outside of Luca, to do it this year. Uh, looking at the double-double numbers, there's a couple of interesting characters who are just behind Yoke. In the double double tally, you got Giannis, Jared Allen, no surprise, uh, Nikola Vucevic, Torres Halliburton, who we've already sung his praises, throwing the dimes. But Isaiah Stewart out of Detroit is uh, tied for second for oh, most yeah. double doubles in the league yeah. right now. There you bloody go. Well, interesting. Eh? That doesn't surprise me too much. Like, yeah. Yeah, the big boy, big chunky man. Good old beef stew. All right, sticking with yeah. uh, the, the faithful favorites. At the pod, another true or false. Cleveland can win the East, and I'm not talking number one seed. I'm talking they can be in the NBA Finals this year. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have to get there's there's competition at the top, Boston and Milwaukee. Mm. Um, I think they've got the defensive tools to handle Boston. Uh, no one has the tools to handle Giannis, but I would say they can they could just pull it off. And Donnie Mitchell showing that he can go nuclear in a playoff series that might be all it takes. Um, but then they would fall to the Nuggets in the finals. So either way, it doesn't mate, matter, does it? Mate, we found the answer. We don't need to worry about going to watch the Nugs and the Cavs in the regular season. We'll just oh. wait till they make the fucking finals against each other. Sort of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. That would be nice. Fuck, that would be fun. wild, actually. Yeah, we we have to get over there. Even if we even if we didn't go to a game, I'm like, we just have to go like park up in Denver while the finals are on. Ah, uh, who are we kidding? If we're going that far, we're going to a game. We're, we're going to the game. We're going to the game. Sure. All right, next, true or false, Steph Curry needs help. At the moment, his like individual counting stats are fucking nuts. He's averaging 32 points, seven rebounds, call it seven assists as well. But the dubs are only four and seven. And I think I'm not too alarmed at their slow start from a long-term perspective of them challenging for the chip. I picked them to win the chip at the start of the season, but they don't look great. And there's a couple of things that, I think play into that, but what do you reckon? Is it true or false that he needs some help? Um, uh, what offensively or defensively? Or just I guess how it, or... let me reword it Golden State needs to make a move to get Steph Curry more help. Oh, no, I wouldn't have said so. Yeah. I think, I think against these Warriors, they're, they've got a 
this. Uh, what is that? Spoil of riches. I don't know. Yeah, it's wealth not. of riches. No, wealth of riches. I, I think. Um, I think they're fine. It, it is a slow start, but they're working some shit out and trying to bridge that gap between the young and the old and resting play. And I, I think they'll be okay. I think like we know what they can be at their best, and it, mm. they're only ever one win away from that. Like one win where the ball is just popping and and cruising. Like Steph is, and that's the other good thing. He's scoring really well. He's playing really well. Um, so all it takes is one other person to come along. Um, have they had any injuries or anything, or are they just full clean bill of health at the moment? No, they're they're fully firing, but. You know, Clay and Jordan Poole have had real slow starts to the year. Like, I was looking at Poole's per games earlier, and he's shooting real average, like, un-Jordan Poole-like numbers. Clay's slow start mm. has been pretty well documented in the media as well. And I think Charles Barkley yeah, okay. was the one that said something, and Clay's like, dude, like, it's not even a year ago that I came back from an Achilles plus ACL tear and, like, went on that obvious run through the playoffs. But, like, I'm still figuring my shit out. I don't think he's the same defender as he once was, but that happens as a dude no, gets to his not. like thirties, right? Like Curry's thirty four yeah. and he's averaging like yeah. I just said thirty two, seven and seven. So there's nothing stopping Clay from becoming a twenty point per game scorer as he gets his mm. legs back under him and finds a bit more consistency. Mm. I just wonder if you're right, bridging the gap between those young dudes like Kaminga, Moody coming into the lineup, Wiseman looks like He's almost like in his rookie season, clearly, because he hasn't played much basketball. Mm. So there's a lot of that inexperience going around. But that's what the whole regular season's for, right? Is tinkering with your lineup, mm. finding what areas players succeeded, and then being able to deploy them when the playoffs roll around. Steve Kerr came out with a quote not too long ago that I talked about in the other podcast. And he was like, yeah, we were like nearly below 500 around all-star break. I can't remember what year it was. He's like, yeah. And then we went on a charge and won the chip a couple of months later. He's like, it doesn't yeah. matter what we're doing yeah. in November and January for that matter. So I agree with you. I think they're all right, but it does intrigue me because there's a lot of trade rumors that are starting to swirl. I'm like, maybe the dubs could be someone that just makes a play at like, I don't know if Anthony Davis became available or call it Carl Anthony Towns, like something like that. Do you just go, all right, Draymond Clay or Paul or whatever you go out the door and we bring in another big dog like that. Mm, I think they would have to mortgage their their future if they were to mm. do that. They, you wouldn't be able to just go Draymond Green. You'd have to be full or mm. wise. Which, you know, maybe is okay. But, yeah, it would be mortgaging their future. I think they just... The whole NBA at the moment is so weird. Mm. Utah's sitting top of the West and teams, you know... We didn't expect to be there kind of hanging around. And I think we probably just need to wait for them to burn out a little bit and some shooting stuff that's a burnout, but like people to come back to earth a bit. It'll, yeah. it'll settle. It's been really so far. So yeah. I think I there's think quite a bit of like, yeah, I think there's quite a bit of like parody across the league now. Like you've seen Utah win and beat teams that we were like, oh, didn't see that coming the and similar like on a winning a lot. Yeah, like yeah. on a nightly basis, yeah. the team the talent in the league's now so loaded that a team can just upset another team. And especially it's so perimeter orientated. If one team gets hot, it's like, all right, like we'll just chalk that up as a loss and move on. It's eighty games to go. Mm. So we'll call it mm. seventy now. But yeah. Uh speaking of the aforementioned 
succeeding Utah Jazz, do they need to make a trade? Like, uh, it depends what you mean, like for a star. No, nah, so I, I mean, I'm thinking. Oh, are they uh, trying to lose? So. Yeah, more the what's the word? The narrative that was surrounding them in the off season. Like, is it true or false that they need to kind of pull a trigger? Do they try and cash in Laurie Markkinen, who's balling? Do they send Mike Conley to a team that's going to be competing in you know right at the pointy end of the season? Do they look at well, offloading already, Jordan Clarkson? They've already won ten games. Like mm-hmm. that essentially. Bucks their chance at number one. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, like, I think they just need to... I think they need to keep a good thing going. This feels a little bit like what happened with the Nuggets when Valley and they had their best... Like, they won a franchise record games, 57, and, like, finished with a third seed and only lost three games at home all year. Like, there's no reason to think Markinen's not going to be doing this for the next five plus years, you could get the same thing from Sexton or well, I'm missing, um, you know, Clarkson, that are there. Conley, yeah. Yeah, man, he's a bit old, Clarkson and Conley, but, you know, like, these guys might continue to do this. I think you, you keep it going um, knowing that you've got a ton of draft capital anyway. Like, yeah, Danny Andrews got them, how many, like, seven and eight first round picks from those Two mm. guys going out the door, whatever it was. So. Call it eight. Yeah, probably more with Keep the swaps. Rolling. Keep it rolling. I kind of like the narrative. If I was you, though, because number one's gone. You could They could do this next year, maybe. But I think the, the 10 wins already in the bank has fucked them. So you, you're going to need, what, eight, 18 wins? is going to mm. be... They would literally have to win only eight more games, which is... I mean, you could do it, but I don't... I don't see that happening. The way the lottery's constructed now, though, you could see him like get the sixth worst call it record, and they could still get a top two pick. They could get Scoot Henderson or Weman Yama or something like that. But I kind of agree. I mean, it's just a weird hodgepodge cast of misfits who I went through the list the other day because I heard it on another NBA pod. Everyone on their team has either been like traded by the team that drafted them or they've been like cast aside. Like Mike Conley's mm. a little bit different, but it's just this like real clunky mix of characters that have all just come together. Like, the, and the young dudes they've got are playing pretty good. Like, you could throw Talon Horton Tucker into that mix. Like, he could, I don't mm. think he'll develop into an all star, but he could be like a really handy role player. Walker Kessler, yeah. the bloke they got back in the Rudy Gobert trade, he looks like a really good big. Kelly O'Linick's playing like, arguably the best ball of his career. So they've got dudes that are all playing like up here, and everyone keeps talking about, right? I like, well, now they've got to kind of like pull the chair and aim down again. And it's, yeah, I'm, I'm very torn between whether they should try and cash in some of those blokes that are playing well, or I'm kind of leaning more towards the side of, you know what, like this is building a really good foundation for whatever young pieces they do get in the future. I was talking to Jai DB about it. I think they've got like every, yeah, I know. the man. You were talking mid. to Jai DB? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. My once in every six months chat with Jai. Uh, yeah. They um they almost have everything else other than like a franchise player. Like if Laurie Markinen was yeah. your second best player, there'd be a bit of concern. But they got the depth. Like Conley's a really solid veteran. Clarkson's a scorer off the bench. He's starting now, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, yeah. they've got all the yeah. other pieces. Texting. So I like mm. it. I do like it. 
Yeah, they're, and they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Um, turning our attention towards the bottom of the Western Conference, the Lakers are currently two and eight, two and nine. I think they're two and nine from memory. Yeah, two and nine, which, you know, we all thought that they were going to struggle. I don't know if I thought they were going to struggle this bad, but can they still be a play-in team? With the pieces they've got, are they still capable of getting up there to call it the ninth spot in the West? Or is it just shits hit the fan and they should pretty much give up? the 10th of the way through the season? Uh, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't have thought they could make it, to be honest, from here. I don't think so. Not the way that Utah's played. Like, Utah wasn't doing what they did. Even Sacco's playing. They're playing plucky basketball. They got you guys today. Like, mm. Um, even further playing, I would say, I don't even say, I don't even say. No. Uh, I don't mind the rust off the bench thing. I seems to be working a bit better. But um, then I think they need those three guys playing together, playing well. Like that, That's the only way it works, is if yeah. they all... I mean, yeah, rust doesn't necessarily have to start for it to work, but they need to be playing together and dump all three getting 25, 10, and <laughs> uh, maybe not 10 or 3, AD, but, you know, like, they need, they need 75, 25, and 25. Yeah. To win. I mean, AD's looked pretty, really good defensively and looks locked in, <clears throat> and LeBron's had his ups and downs. They're still, like, the worst shooting team in the NBA. They're shooting less than 30% A long way. Yeah. I think yeah, they've, they've bridged yeah. the gap a little bit. But I think that's honestly the big, the biggest concern for the rest of the roster. Like Russ is, you're right, making good players off the bench. AD's locked in defensively. You know what you're going to get night in, night out with LeBron. But the rest of their roster just really is uninspiring. I was watching pieces of the Clippers-Lakers game today. It's actually pretty cool. I think it was Amazon that was doing it. Anytime like a player had the ball, there was like a little percentage thing above their head kind of showing what, the percentage was for that player shooting from that spot. And it would alter depending on where oh. the player moved around the court. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it was cool. And then like, as is they that, released it, that, it kind um, of like locked in. Yeah, it was sick. Is that the thing that, um, what, who's the owner of the Clippers? Bomber, Steve Bomber. Bomber, yeah. Yeah, because I saw that the Clippers signed some like virtual reality deal. So I'm wondering if that's it. That's must have been. Yeah, it was. It was really cool to watch. I only watched it for like five minutes at a time. But like, LeBron would change from like 31 percent as he's dribbling up the court. Then it got to like it would tick up to like 36, and then he would shoot the ball and it would like freeze and it would show his like percentage from that spot or the chance of it going in. So yeah, that's really cool. So at least the Lakers. Don't know if I want that on every game. Like that might ruin the experience a little bit. But um, but I it's cool. Yeah, in, in little bursts. Yeah. Half a dozen times a year, something like that would be cool. But yeah, I think yeah, yeah. there's no miraculous trade out there that I think is going to save the Lakers. I think unless they kind of make some moves around the edges, get some shooters in the building, like you said, the big three need to do most of the heavy lifting and they probably mm. will each night. But yeah, yuck. I think I agree. I think the Lakers are destined to finish in the bottom five in the West and New Orleans has their pick this year. So that Anthony Davis trades looking mighty fine for the Pelicans. 
Oh no, they can't even just be like, well, let's get Victor then. Oh shit. No, nah. nah. I'm pretty sure it's a swap wow. from memory, but yeah, they've obviously got like every Lakers pick that's not being dangled in a potential trade. So yeah. Wow. Okay. Not ideal. Couple more true and falses I want to throw at you before we get to a highly anticipated Mount Rushmore. Uh, true okay. or false? Portland is a top six team in the West. Uh, okay, let's run through them. So, Suns, while you're nuggets. while you're looking at, at the standings, just quickly, I've yeah. I've got another little uh, nugget for you because obviously we were out on their roster and their clunky fit. You had. Dame steering the ship, but didn't like a lot out of that. Jeremy Grant hit a buzzer beating mm. three the other day. He's been playing really well. Uh, yes, we had to wait the longest period of time in 30 years before we saw a buzzer beater to commence the NBA season. 16 days was wow. the longest in 30 wow. years. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. Is that your and, use of sports by Friday? Stuff? Yep. I had a couple of other in my back yeah. pocket, but uh, I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, good segue. Yeah, let's run through yeah, them. Okay. Let's run through them. Phoenix, number one. Denver, definitely. I would put Memphis up there. Me too. Ooh, maybe they are. I know. Weird. Do we expect Golden State to climb back from this? I think so. I think, like, I can't see them finishing in the play-in mix with, like, their roster at full health. You know, an injury obviously changes any of these teams, but I I think they crack back in. So that's four. Yeah, like Dallas, New Orleans, the Clippers, fuck knows what's going on with them. Honestly, mm. maybe they are. It's a, They're not like a lock for the top six, but they're potentially a top six. I think they I are. Still, yeah, I would actually have to look at their roster a little bit again. Yes. Yeah. Well, so like yeah, I said, we... Give us your takeaway. Well, we talked about them a bit in the preseason, the off-season, we were like, mm, yeah, I don't know if I love what they're doing. Mm. But like, Ant Simons is looking like a really good number two next to Dame. Nurkic, as much as you and I don't love him, he's been solid for him. Josh Hart is a really underrated player. Shadon oh, Sharp. Shadon Sharp, yeah. It's also pretty good. So, you know, like, and they've done, call it half of this, without Dame in the lineup. So, I'm very... Mm very optimistic for what Portland can do for the rest of this year. I'm glad I didn't hammer the under because I was sure that they were going to be a team that's maybe in the play-in and potentially look to blow it up by trading Dame. But I think instead they might even aim the other way and see if over the off-season they can bolster this roster. Mm, I'm not, I'm still not sure. I'm just not sold on their depth, which you could probably say the same thing for Dallas. Mm. Um, I back New Orleans depth in. Um, I really like New Orleans. I think they're going to be like CJ's playing pretty average right now, and they're still sort of rolling along quite nicely. They have depth, have Jones being on so I really like them. Um, but I will go Portland. I'll put Portland on fantasy. Yeah, okay. Ingram missed a bit of time for the Pels as well. So there's there's yeah, teams in that yeah. mix that could quite easily bounce between call it. Five, six, seven, eight. Like Minnesota is another mm. one we haven't mentioned. Uh, yeah, I nearly made this call and wrote an article about a week into the season because I'm I have a v- foot in one side of this camp very passionately. But is it true or false that Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns can't coexist? So you text me the the runner sheet for this, and I read that and immediately went, yes. 
because uh, Cap can't coexist with anyone because he's useless. But then I just and I had a little look at it, and I do happen to have their their schedule up. They've played Phoenix twice. Okay. They've played. They lost to Utah in overtime in like a pretty close one. Mm-hmm. They've played like they played the Spurs three times already, but a, a plucky Spurs. Yeah, that's weird. They played. They played Milwaukee. Like they've had a pretty. And then they've played like New York and they beat Houston. They've actually kind of won the games they should have, minus the, uh, the Spurs game. Yeah. Okay. And and you know what? Then I went and had a little bit of a deeper dive. Uh, and looked at their box scores. Uh, and you know what? I, what it is? They literally are just figuring it out. They've had yeah. ten games with these pro. They've got a bunch of players who aren't learners. Um, in fact, some of the slowest learners in NBA history, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Tarong. Don't know Van Edwards is any better. Just so quickly, did you say today better. did you see what happened today with D'Angelo Russell, speaking of slow learners? No, what happened? There was a period of time where during a free throws they were making a sub. D'Angelo didn't check in. He was just standing at the scorer's table. The other bloke went out and then they ran down the court and it was a five on four. And Chris Finch is like, what What the fuck is going on? And D'Angelo's just like leaning on the scoreboard table. And then all of a sudden you see him just sprint in from the side of the camera. <laughs> as Phoenix that's hits like a go. wide open three. I was like, oh, that's so oh, funny. Oh, man. Automatic win on Shakting and Troy. That's probably won it for the year, let's be honest. <laughs> Pretty um, much, eh? But they, like, they've, their box scores, like, there's been times where I think today even Pat shot like six times, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And there's been time there was one game Rudy Gobert took one shot, but today you know like, and then there's games where Pat and Gobert don't shoot at all, and it's Ant Edwards and D'Angelo, and so like, their offense, Chris Finch probably has to fucking get going. Let's be honest, he had training camp. He knew this was happening. He's gone really slow. In fact, I would put him almost at the top of my list of coaches to potentially get fired hmm. because, yeah, because they've not got a clear – and I haven't watched any of them. So yeah, okay. this is a grain of salt sort of thing. But you look at the box score, you look at the results, it doesn't seem like they know what the fuck's going on, any of them. And so I actually think that it can work. Is my, this is my long-winded way of saying it can work. But they yep. – they just don't know what the fuck's happening. And they don't know what they are. We are. But Denver knows it. Get the ball to Jokic in the lower or at the top of the key and then move off him. Like, this, the Warriors know that it's like, get Steph and play open and that's going to re- open the rest of the game. Like, yeah. most of these good teams understand that they're number one and two punches. I don't think. Minnesota do. So I think they could, they can work it out and they can coexist, whether it will happen under Chris Finch or ever. Um, I don't know, but it, it definitely can work, I think. That's, look, I agree with most of what you said. You're right. It's, it's a dozen games into the season. These dudes are like, and it's a very unique lineup as well, right? Two traditional, real, like big men. Like it's not like one of them can play the four and it can still work because like, they're two fives. 
So it's a clunky yeah, fit. Cat doesn't reckon he's a five. But... Well, and the, I think I think the biggest right. reason why I disagree with it, and I think they can't coexist, is the same thing that you said at the start. It's because of Carl Anthony Towns. Like the first two games, <laughs> I pretty much of their season, I watched almost the entire thing, and he mm. was just like shooting threes like four seconds into the shot clock, doing his dumb fouls, doing dumb turnovers. And I think maybe it's just me kind of trying to talk it into existence and hope that a trade does happen with Cat. But I think it'd be smarter for Minnesota to cash him in. Like, don't get me wrong. He's an incredibly offensively talented mm. player, but he's just not a winner. Like he's what, seven years into his career now? Made a couple of all-star appearances. We saw it last year maybe in the playoffs eight. as well. Yeah. Maybe more. You're right. Like, when they um went up against Memphis, he was doing these boneheaded things. I think he had more fouls than field goals in that series. Like it's just, mm. I just think it's a personnel clash rather than it is a player fit. If you know what I mean, but like just because of who he yeah. is and the player he is, I don't think it's going to work. Granted, he's shooting like mm. 50, 38, 90 from the field, and it's probably going to be an all star again. Close enough to for yeah. that actually, and probably going to like I said be right up there as an all-star in the East, yeah. uh, the West rather. But yeah, I don't know. I feel he's like. He's just so dumb. He's just so yeah, dumb. He is. Like, he's so talented, but he's just so shit. Like, yeah. And I can't stand him. So. That I wish him all we can best. agree on. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I wish him all the best. But... Yeah. But... yeah. Shout out to Carl Anthony Downs, you fucking loser. He's like if JR Smith was. Mm. What are you doing, man? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's well, a very good call. I can get around that. All right, yeah, last one. Yeah, because uh, we've talked about talented dudes. I want to steer your attention towards the MVP race this week. I dropped my first like ladder check in, just doing a lap around the association. Donnie Mitchell third, Nikola Jokic in the back half of the top ten, but mm. slowly climbing his way up. Yeah, I, I did read it. I read it. Uh it's true or false, there's a gap between the top two contenders. It's Luca and Giannis and then the rest of the field. Because I think through the early portion, you could maybe say that. And obviously, there'll be, I think this time last year, I had Jimmy Butler first or second. So the season uh, does change Steph. very quickly. Yeah, you would have oh, had true. Steph. You, we would have been saying there's clear daylight between Steph and the rest. And then with what happened with that? So. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, do you reckon that it's Luca slash Giannis? And the field, or do you reckon? Obviously, there's still 70 games to go, and we need to pump the brakes. I I wouldn't even say there's a gap now. I would okay. say Jason Tatum is well and truly in the race, and I would mm-hmm. say Donnie Mitchell is well and truly in the race. Um, and I'm probably missing someone, but they are. Devin Booker, that, like, no, 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 he's not playing well enough. He's not playing well enough, and I, I'm not so sure. I would have Luke. I think Lucas should be second, but I'm not like, oh, he's like dominating. He's clearly mm. ahead of the rest. But I do need to put my Nikola Jokic goggles on and be like, don't record doesn't always matter. Like, if you're doing something incredible. Um, but yeah, their, their record's not great. What are they, like six and five or something? Like, Ballpark, they've yeah. got a lot. Of, they've got a lot of work to do. MVP, Giannis, on the other hand, I, I reckon it, maybe it's clear daylight and then the rest. Yeah, okay. That's that sounds more accurate. Way. Yeah. Mm, so, if you're giving me those two on the field, I'd probably take the field at this point in the season with seventy games to go. Yeah. Yeah, that would be but, probably an intelligent choice. Yeah, Luke is doing 
some pretty crazy shit. Like, yeah. uh, I really am kind of like, if he wasn't so young, I would be circling Denver versus Dallas or Cleveland versus Dallas when we go over because I'm like, let's get that gone in. But uh, with that said, I, and this is a bit of a oh, – do we need to finish this? this no, 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 or, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I, I think the two guys that we need to see – I mean, I would like to see LeBron so, is Steph and KD. Yep. Do you reckon they're the, the top two that we haven't seen that we need to know about? Particularly think, Steph. I was just going to say, I think we have to watch Steph Curry play when we're over there. I think he's the one for okay. me that we haven't ticked off the bucket list. I could I could take or leave KD, I'll be honest. I want to watch him play, and if we're going all that way, so, I'd want to squash it in, but maybe I just don't want to watch Brooklyn. Yeah, he is a, he's probably a top 15 player, top 20 player. Yep, like, yep, I can't really argue with that, you know. so. I think you got you got to try and watch those guys work. That, that would be a good Mount Rushmore. Which, which current NBA players, like, if you haven't watched any NBA players ever playing Berkeley, what's the order? Hey, we'd have, we might be able to put that one in the back pocket, and that is a, yeah. a fantastic segue into this week's Mount Rushmore. Uh, can you okay. remember the last one we did? No, I can't really. It was prior to the NBA season starting. We did blokes that could be potentially first-time All-Stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how'd that one go? Yeah, it was it was all right. Uh, you, you won. <laughs> oh, good. The, the McCollum one might have got you there, but then he's actually playing like shit right now. So, yeah, I feel good about that. Taking okay, Jamal good. early I'll... kind of shot me in the foot, I think, a little bit. Yeah, Halliburton and Ant Edwards. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so you get the, the first first one. It's going to be quite a fun one. I think. Yeah, I thought you're back on the pod. It's been, call it three weeks. It feels like yonks, but it's been a while since we've sat down and done a Mount Rushmore. So let's let's go big. Let's pick a cool okay, topic. Let's go big. We're in uh, the doldrums of the AFL off-season, but we're going to go back to footy and we are drafting today the best AFL goals of all time, ever, period. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. context will be interesting here because, you know, there's been some unreal moments and, like, the goals were significant because of what happened in the game and what ha- the outcome from that kick. There's been some unreal snags as well that were, like, individual feats of brilliance. So I'm interested to see how our uh, draft boards shake out. Well, let's get going then, mate. Hurry up. I'm taking Dom Sheets' kick first overall, and I don't think that there's any other way that I can leave that on the board. I mean, I I did my draft board, and there's a couple here that I was like, oh, maybe I should change that order, but I never didn't consider having Mm. Dom Sheets' goal first. So, unfortunately, I'm taking that one off the board. That's a pretty, like, nice safe. It might necessarily be the one that people are. Mm. You know, I don't think it's the number one goal of all time, but it's okay. pretty fucking good. Like, it's just a nice, safe one. Everyone would be like, oh, that's, that's a good list because it's yeah. So, okay, well, okay, maybe that, yeah, all right, I'm going to have to go with it with the tactic. So, I'm going to go ahead and take. I think maybe the best like individual brilliant goal. I'm gonna take Buddy Franklin's run on Essendon. Like 
for for a six foot five bloke that cannot afford to do that. And like, I can't remember where it was in the game. I feel like it might have been a reasonably important. It was late, yeah. Yeah, and then he runs all the way to the pocket, puts it on his left, and like shapes it like only Buddy Franklin can. I'm going to take that one because again, it's a nice, safe, bankable one. I think. That, I actually think the end of this list is where can you won a lot. Yeah. Not early. So I'll take I'll put one in the bank. Good choice. Yeah. Uh that was second on my board. So you know okay. can't really yeah. can't really argue there. Uh <laughs> runs like deeper into the pocket just as he's about to kick oh, no. it as well. Yeah, no. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a weird um, one. Yeah. All right. This one the three and the four was tricky because I've got these two right here and I'm tossing up which one I want to go with, but I think I'm going to mm. stick to me draft board and I'm going to draft the one that I've got listed at third. It's Jason Ackermanis in the wet, Ooh, in the pocket okay. at Skilled Stadium, 2005. He's just, yeah, he's done the, he's just kicked a pretty good goal before that and then tops it by just, yeah, from like that far mm. inbounds. That was a good one. That yeah, was really goal. good. So yeah, I'm going yeah. Acker's goal. Okay, well done. And by the way, I forgot that we were, I forgot to do the research for this. So I've been watching YouTube while we've been doing the podcast. If there's ever times I've been a little bit shaky, that's why we're having on, on mute. Um, all right, well, I'm going to go probably the greatest, the greatest, like, uh, not the greatest goal kicker of all time, but like, special goal kicker of all time. I'm going to grab it, Eddie Betts. I'm going <laughs> to go the one against G- GWS3, like, Sort of oh. low on the ground. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that might be the greatest goal of all time. Like, that's my favorite Eddie goal, which is saying something. I think yeah, I think that's like maybe my favorite goal of all time. That like, Dom Sheen, obviously, but I think that's like the coolest one of all time. So I'm gonna take Eddie on the boundary line, just keeping it in. You know that yeah. one. <laughs> I'm very, <laughs> I'm very interested to see how many Eddie bets goals finish in this Mount Rushmore because we yeah, could probably just yeah. do an Eddie Betts edition, let's be honest. Well, we probably should have like, actually done that first. <laughs> but anyway, they can both. They can yeah. the all-time one. I would like to do an all-time Eddie Betts. Put it in the chamber. Uh, yeah. Okay. Chamber. That was my fifth one on the board. So number four is still sitting there and I will take it now. Okay. It's not one that, you know, kind of gets lost a little bit as an actual like the, the goal but like i said i think the the story that it's linked to and everything that happened in that game makes this unbelievable it's nick davis's game yeah, winning one okay. in the semi 2005 yeah 2005 it was his fourth of the quarter wins the mm. game literally the ball goes to the middle it's thrown up and then cam mooney's just like fuck like, yeah we missed yeah. out um, yeah, and send Sydney the first granny they've been doing. I don't know, call it three decades, probably longer. So yeah, I'm I'm taking Nick West Davis's Coast, West Coast wins that year. If not Nick Davis. Mm, very true. We would have beaten Geelong. We would have given Geelong that there. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm taking okay, Nick Davis really with me third pick. That was on my list, um, but I'm pretty happy about you taking that. Because I probably wouldn't have. I maybe would have picked it with my last pick if it was still there. But yep. I didn't think it would get there. I'm going to pick another one of those. In fact, I, this might be like the goal with the most folklore around it. Mm. 
I'm gonna go, and it's another. It's a moment of the game, but also it's just it is fucking off the chart. The, the what he does, you know, it's Malcolm Bly. Yeah, okay. 80, after the sign, in, isn't it a prelim final or some shit? Like I thought it was, because I actually have this on my list. Nah, it was like yeah. during the season just in '76. But they were down by, like, three goals. He then kicked a couple to, like, put them right in the mix and then straight out of the centre takes that mark where he does. Uh, And that just keeps going. Like, I thought about Dustin Fletcher's one where it goes, like, 80 metres. But this one goes just as far after the signing. And it's literally one of those footy folklore moments that... You know, they've they've been on those stupid ads with those two blokes doing them. <laughs> yeah, or the footy legends or whatever they are. Yeah, whatever those were. So yeah, let's uh let's lock in Malcolm. Great choice. On my board. And now now I'm stuck. Cause I'm tossing up between two mm. and one of them one of them's an Eddie Betts goal. And I really want to have an Eddie Betts Ooh. goal on my list. Yeah, you almost can't not. I know it's. I feel criminal because I don't think I'm going to take an Eddie Betts goal. Okay. I think instead I'm going to take Daniel Wells' karate kick out of midair. Yeah, pretty iconic. Yeah. Just like so unique. Like I've never. You've seen blokes soccer the ball and kick it out of midair. I've never. And that was like a ruck contest as well at the top of the square. Yeah. The good With old third no man time up on the rules. Clock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was, I had a look. It was like under two minutes, there's a goal in the game, and he's just like, doosh, doosh. Yeah. And you're like, all right, game over. Okay. So it, I, it, I it do pains like... me to not have an Eddie Betts goal, but I yeah. it. it goes against Frio, but I fucking love that Danny Wells highlight for years. Still do. It was, it was a good goal. I do feel like it's slightly overrated. Because, Fair. like, if it was an, and it's literally like in the goal square, like, or pretty close to it. Yeah. I've always thought that was a slightly overrated goal. To the point I did, it was, as I was watching, there's a whole lot of, like, really high, it finished high on a lot of the videos I was watching. Yeah. It just never did it for me. So, okay. That Fair gives me a lot of options. This is the last figure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'm thinking about a couple. I kind of really want a Leon Davis goal in, and the one mm. he kicked against, I believe it was you, bloke. <laughs> Frio on the receiving end of a lot of these goals, eh? Have been, uh, I think he tackled Mark Van Dett, like Des Headland or someone, and went out to the boundary. He just like took his time, and you could see him winding up and just pinged it. Yeah, that's that's definitely on the list. Still, Rioli's kicked a couple of beauties. Mm. Um, he's. I had that one where like broke three tackles and turned it in, got the handball done. Tempted to go that one. And all the other one I would have considered, I think I'm not going to take those, the Brad Johnson one out of the air, like oh, yeah. from the pocket. And it's like, I think he's got a whole lot of back when that's like really skipped that goal. But I think I'm going to take another Buddy Franklin one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. And well, you could take his thousand goal. You could take his hundred goal. That would actually like kind of. That's actually a really good point. Away. I didn't consider either of them. They're not even on my board, but no, that would make a very no. smart pick. Yeah, especially that last one because of the crowd. Relentless. Legitimately, one of the great sporting moments I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, yeah. 
that insane bolt break in the world record. Those <laughs> things. But I'm going to go Buddy Franklin another time. Because um, he could have picked probably go Buddy Franklin. With that he could. Well. But I'm going to take him playing for Hawthorne. Gets it bursting through the middle. Literally, it's like late hurdles a bloke. Lands immediately from like 80. Just goes bang. And it, it was one of those ones where it did bounce. It wasn't an 80 metre kick. But just the action and like the flow. I, I fucking love that. I think the hurdle did it for me. Yeah. Plus it was like an 80 metre goal. So, yeah. 13 seconds ahead. from kick out to the middle of the ground. Buddy gets it. Hurdles. Bank goal. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah pretty special. Yeah. So I'll take that one. But boy, there was a lot we missed. A lot of those like great running, bouncing. Yeah. That we've missed. Um, I thought Caleb's the wrong one, but deserved a bit of a yeah, record. pretty good, eh? I thought when I'm when yeah, I think Bond of running bounce goals, there's like a lot of those old, I don't know, like 80s or 90s era. There's the crazy old one, like 50s, like weaving around and like yeah, bounces to 20 meters out. And keeps it. Yeah, the McGuan, I think he's saying. Not Mark Miranda. Who was it? There was oh Mark McGuan. McGuan, yeah. McGuan. Um, yeah. Daniel Kerr's one was on my list. The one in the Derby as well. Good. Speaking of running, yeah, bouncing yeah. goals, um, James Hurd's match winner also on my list. Uh, yeah. I really wanted to take Eddie Betts's left foot torp against Frio. Yeah. That's yeah, that was cool. Like I've still got a little bit of regret. Like I should have taken that third and then decided between. Davis and Danny Wells, but we've got to stick to the draft board. Can't uh, mm, can't mm. panic. Gary Ablett kicks some good ones as well. His one when he's playing for Gold Coast and he's kind of like running towards yeah. the fifty and the boundary line and like snaps it from fifty essentially. Mm. Yeah, we yeah. could we could do another three of these and still have leftovers. I reckon. I was I was like typing away trying to find because I feel like in my mind Shay Bolton kicked one this year that was just a dreamer, but I can't remember. Like, anyway, like he ended up. On yeah, the it's not springing to mind, but. Yeah. Anyway, well, um, I feel good about both lists. Don't I could go either way. I could go either way. Maybe I was a bit heavy on the Lance Franklin. Nah, I don't. Leon. I don't think you can go too heavy on one player. Like again, like you said, we could have done just a buddy one. We could have done just a fucking Eddie Betts one. So <laughs> probably should have literally just been. Like, I'm loading up on Eddie. I'm taking all <laughs> yeah, four Eddie. All four Eddies. Yeah, that's actually a good call. Yeah. Probably would have won. Oh, we'll, we'll put it honest, to the... Probably uh, won. You probably would have, actually. People would look at the yeah, graphic yeah. and be like, nice. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I see what he did there. Yeah. yeah no. Oh, well, we'll have to uh, potentially put that on the uh, back burner for another future Mount Rushmore. Mm. We might uh, might go back mm. to basketball next week. We might stay footy. We might look at with the draft coming up, like the best draft sleepers of all time. Something like that, you know? We got mm. options. Mm. We got options. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. You've got a uh, Black Panther screening to get to. I've got a bowl of butter chicken to eat. So, uh... who's having a better night? You tell me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, actually, I know. <laughs> I know. It's me. Um, great, great to have you back on the airwaves. Uh, I'm sure the Sports by Fry fans will be very uh, appreciative of you sitting down and joining. And I reckon because we're back on, we may as well do it again next week. Oh, next week it'll be the Sports by Fry studio, mate. Oh, that. that's dangerous. Yeah. That's dangerous. Pending your movements, I, I was thinking about it. I think this might be in the sport. So it, might, it might have to be. Dangerous. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's make it. Yeah, let's. Yep. You know, we've we to do it now. You've got it. You can't take it back. Right. Multiple microphones and all. Yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, mate. Cheers. Always appreciated. We'll uh, do it again next week. Go the Sharkies. Up the Sharkies. <laughs> <laughs>